chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. If you have your Bibles, you may want to turn there. Please remain standing as we read the Word. If you're able to stand, if you are not able or are tired, you're welcome to sit. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we are able to come and worship you both in the giving of tithes and offerings, in the reading and teaching of your word, in singing praises to your name, in fellowship together. Father, we pray that you would bless all of these things. We ask that your spirit would dwell in the midst of your people and that you would bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may all be seated. Before I dig into the passage, a couple weeks ago, uh, I gave a challenge, and so I'll probably, I may need a uh, deacon or an usher to come in with a microphone, uh, but I gave a challenge of uh, sharing the gospel with someone. And so I was wondering if there's anyone here today that did that and would like to and be willing to share a testimony of that. That you shared the gospel with someone and this is how it went. You, no pressure, you don't have to. No jumpers. Okay, so, oh, do you still have the mic? Oh, there it is. Is it on, Brian? Okay. So I'm just going to say, because I, I struggle in this area, right? Like who, oh. Just so much stress when I want to tell someone about Jesus. I get kind of nervous about it. So I was at the doctor. This was the, like, I don't know, the Tuesday after he had mentioned this. And the Lord um, just opened this opportunity. My doctor was so kind to me that day. and But she was talking about Ukraine and just feeling so overwhelmed by what was going on in our world. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, I so agree with you, but you know what? I just bring it to Jesus. And I said, he's my savior. And I said, that's where I have to just put my faith because you're right. We live in such a scary world. And she went on to open her life to me, told me a little bit about her parents, that they came over as boat people from um, Vietnam. And so she's first generation here. And she, um, she, she listened. She didn't say, I want to know more, but she was very kind and she listened. And so I felt like it was a step. Yes, absolutely. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Good morning. There was a guy at work that stands by the 
the door where we dump our garbage at, and it's a, it's a, it's a big transfer station in Pleasanton. And he's heard the, the music from Caleb come out of my truck, and he, he, he pokes his head in and he kind of listens. He, and he points up in the air, and he's a real nice guy, and I've talked to him about the Lord. But I asked him the other day, last week when John did this challenge, I said, I said, if you died today, where would you go? And he just kind of like got big-eyed at me, and he looked at me, and he, he thought, you know, and he pointed up. And I said, okay, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you know, he, know he, he died for our sins. I just kind of throw that at him. And every time I go by this guy, he's always like pointing up in the air, and he puts his hands together, and, he, and he, I think he thinks about Jesus. So I hope that's your case. Come on, somebody else share. That's okay. Oh, there you go. Can you take it over there? It's called popcorn. Come on. Good morning. Um, I give this young girl a ride to, to work every morning. She comes from an abusive family, drugs, homeless, her, you know, living with different men. She gets beat up all the time. And so I said, hey, do you believe in heaven and hell? And she said, oh, yes. And I said, so if you died tomorrow, where would you go? And she said, well, heaven, because I'm a good person. She has a real foul mouth, and she's out there. But, you know, and I, I almost said, yeah, right, but I didn't. <laughs> I said, well, you know, she said, I know I should go to church, and I, and I want to understand the Bible but it's too confusing for me. Do you have any books that I could read? And I said, you know what? I'll ask my son. He's a pastor and he knows a lot of stuff. Even at my age, I was raised in church. He knows more than I do. And I said, and I will get you some books. And she said, yeah, and maybe someday I'll go to church with you. And I said, well, I'll keep you in my prayers. And she says, I pray every night. Every night I pray. And I said, well, good, Becky. I'm, I'm glad to hear that but she has a hard life, a really, really hard life. And it was easy for me to ask her that because she's really receptive to that. Right. So I'm, I was hoping that that is a step forward for her. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So each week, I'm gonna start asking. So we'll take one or two from the congregation, but here's the challenge. It's not as hard as it seems because you don't have to walk up and knock on their door and say, have you read your Bible today? Um, literally, it's just when you're interacting with someone and just meet them where they're at. Just say, how is your day? And mean it, right? Because we all know how it is. It's like Sunday morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. And it's fake, right? How many of you today, you don't really have to raise your hand, but someone walks up and says, how are you doing today? And you're, but if you were to really say, wow, you know, my day has been terrible, they'd probably say, oh, that's good to hear. Just keep right. <laughs> we know how those types of interactions go. But when you actually stop and talk to someone and look them in the eye and use their name and ask them, how are you really doing? They will tell you. 
usually they will tell you. And it can open the door just that you cared enough to say, how are you? To really see them and to know them makes a huge difference. One of the things um, that has evolved in our culture recently is this idea of working from home. Uh, in many industries, people were working, you know, maybe one day a week. Remember, this kind of started in the late 80s, early 90s. People thought, you know, it would be great if I could work from home. Uh, some people are like, no, that would not be great. I do not want to work from home. Um, but more and more industries started saying, okay, you can work one day a week from home, maybe two. It just kind of depended on the industry. But in the wake of COVID, all of a sudden, um, many industries found a way, hey, you can do what you do from home. So just sit at your computer, log in, and do what you do, but do it from there. Uh, for some, this is a temporary state, but for many, this is far more permanent. One of the hidden evils of this is it's easy to get caught up in the trap of working nonstop, right? This is one of the, the difficulties even of my job because there's one day a week where I work at home so I can just work at home. I don't have any other distractions. But truth be told, I get home, we have dinner, and then out comes the laptop, right? And there's text messaging and then that. Except for when I was on vacation last week, people were texting me in this, and unless you were an elder uh, or a family member, you didn't get a reply. You know why? Because last week was my vacation. So if it was about work, I didn't care. As if you weren't an elder or a staff member or a family member, I didn't reply. That was the hardest thing ever. And we get caught up in this trap. And now that we work from home for many people, it's hard to know when to just stop. It, it really kind of works out as a bargain for a lot of these big companies. Because now they can work instead of commute. They get those extra amount of time and they get to work during the regular workshop. But you know, if I really needed them, I could call them almost any time because they've got all the information there. It only takes a moment to miss an opportunity. It only takes a moment to miss that important conversation with a family member or a friend it only takes a moment to get so caught up in you know i just if i could just work five more minutes and miss something that happens that's all about life it's a new danger for many it's a well-known hazard right for stay-at-home moms and more recently, stay-at-home dads. If, you were, if your work is the home, it's almost impossible without intentionality to separate work from home, right? Because now you're home. So for instance, you know, Tish and I went to see our daughter and son-in-law and the grandkids, 
and we show up. And, you know, it's hard when you're hosting relatives to get busy and you're doing work. Well, you know, the house has to be just so, and now we've got to make dinner, and we've got to do this, and we've got to... And yet you're missing that relationship. It's easy to get so caught up in what we know as the tyranny of the urgent, something that has to get handled right now that we miss a very important time or a very important conversation. In Luke 10.38 begins this passage that we know between Mary and Martha. And it's this passage that reflects this situation that's so well known in our society. Now as they, by the way, who is they? Jesus and his disciples. That's important in this passage. It's so funny the details that Luke weaves in his book. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, we don't know. We're kind of lost here. So did she just invite Jesus over? Mm, maybe. Kind of hard to imagine that. Probably uh, some of them or all of them. Maybe it was just Jesus. We don't know. Um, but the question there is, well, is Martha just welcoming Jesus? The rest of you just go somewhere else. Go to McDonald's, I'm feeding Jesus. Uh, but we don't know. So who is they? Who is coming into the home? But I think it's safe to assume also that this is Martha, who's the sister of Mary, whose brother is Lazarus, right? Out of John chapter 11 and, and Mary and Martha have a brother, and Lazarus dies, and Jesus is a way off, and he shows up. He's been dead now. He's buried. He's all wrapped up in the tomb, and Jesus raises him from the dead. It's safe to assume that this is the same Martha who has a sister, Mary. And if it's this Mary and this Martha, the village that they have come to is Bethany on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives across um, the valley from Jerusalem. Assuming uh, this is the case, one of the things we see here is the first point of today's sermon is Jesus loves hospitality. Hospitality is a foundation of the Christian life. It's not just welcoming people into the home. It's being hospitable. Like to the person who works at the bank or the checker at the grocery store. To the person who delivers the mail or to the delivery driver. It's showing them hospitality. Showing them that you care about them by looking them in the eye, by using... Nothing drives me more crazy than when I show up at the grocery store and the checker doesn't have a name tag. Then do I just make a name up? Maybe they don't have a name. Maybe, you know, I don't know what to do. But I love to be able to see it just so I can use their name and talk to them. 
One of the best ways to reach the lost and to love the saved is to welcome them in your home, to have a dinner with them, or just have them come over for a barbecue or maybe a game night. Things that we have forgotten. We forget um, to show that hospitality and that love and that community. Of course, time and time again, we see Jesus send out his disciples and he's telling them to rely on the hospitality of others. Now, in ancient cultures, and in Israel even today, that is a common thing. So if you're driving in Israel and you see a soldier hitchhiking, by law you have to pick them up. So they have a really neat thing. During the week, the soldiers are, you know, away at their military bases doing their military duties. On the weekend, they send them home to do their laundry. And so when their days off are, whatever their days of the week are, they'll dress in their uniform, they'll pack all the dirty laundry in their duffel bag, and they'll go stand on the street corner and hitchhike. And since Israel isn't a large country, then they get, right, they're relying on the hospitality of others. By the way, I'm not suggesting you go hitchhiking. That's not a good thing, nor am I suggesting you pick up any hitchhikers. Don't, don't read this wrong. Of course, Jesus, when he's sending them out, is expecting people to show them hospitality. He's also expecting that his disciples will be good guests. So yes, we should be opening our door, but also we should be good guests when someone opens their door to us. Hospitality works both ways, right? Have you ever gone... Well, I'll never forget one time we had some guests over. And I don't know how many kids they had, but they had a lot of kids. And they, would, and they were staying for an extended period of time, like a week or two weeks, I don't remember. And they came, and they would eat their breakfast. And when breakfast was done, they would get up from the table and go down in the basement where they were staying because we had this big area in the basement. And I'm like, so I'm... I supposed to clean up after them but you know not everyone taught their kids hey when you're at someone's home when you're done eating you're responsible for your dishes right we've we have forgotten to teach our children manners goes both ways but hospitality kind of encompasses all of this it's showing people that you value them by eating with them, inviting them over, being a good guest when you're at their house. And it's becoming less and less common. Once upon a time, neighbors sat out on the front porch. As other neighbors walked up and down the street, they would talk. People knew their neighbors. They knew the first name and the last name and where they worked. And there was community in the community. And now... We're lucky if we know the different people on our own block. I do because some of them come here. So that helps. But no longer do we get together for bridge or to de 
barbecues or the different things. Just not the same society that we were born in. We want to know who's calling, right? How many of you sometimes don't answer your phone based on the name that pops up on the screen? Okay, if you raised your hand, look around at all the other people who didn't raise their hand and are clearly lying. Right? All of us have looked at that number and said, mm, I'll call them back later. Right? We want to know who's calling. And then there's ring doorbells. Now, I got to tell you, I'm bad at this. If there's a knock at my door, better than anyone, they can knock all day long. And likely I won't answer. Unless I know who's at the door, I just assume it's Amazon or I assume it's, I don't know, nobody, actually nobody knocks on our door. Uh, when they do, though, I usually do answer it. I do care enough to at least open the door and say, can I help you? But now we have rings, so we don't have to. Now if there's a knock at the door, we just open the phone because we're not answering that. We can just click on the ring and say, oh, I see who that is. Right? We, we want to know who's at the door. We want to know who's calling. We want to know because, yeah, do I really want to have this conversation? Do I really want to? We've become a closed-off society. We've closed ourselves off from other people. Jesus calls us to love others. It's hard for us to love them, and it's hard for us to show that love if we won't answer the door, if we won't answer the phone, if we won't engage other people. So in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Now to us, this verse seems kind of like common sense. In the time of Jesus, however, this is revolutionary. So Tish and I have friends from Pakistan. They invited us over for dinner one night. So we go over. We had one of our foster children with us. We show up for dinner. And the husband and Tish and myself and our foster son are seated at the table. And the wife brings everything in and she sets it on the dinner table. And then she goes back in the kitchen. And Tish says, well, we can eat when she comes out and sits with us. And the only problem is that in that culture, that's not a thing, right? She's going to stay in the kitchen doing whatever she's doing, but she's not going to come out and actually sit down and eat with us. And it's the same during this time. The fact that Mary is sitting there now in a room, probably... Uh, several men in the room, they're being served by the women, and here's Mary seated at Jesus' feet. She's not serving. She's not in the kitchen. She's not washing the dishes. She's not serving the food. And by the way, she's sitting at his feet, which you would never do. It's a total place of dishonor, right? Because they're reclining at the table, 
and the feet are the dirtiest part of the body, which is why they're away from the table. And she is humbling herself and sitting there, but she's not served. The whole thing is out of whack. The whole picture is out of focus for Martha. And certainly for us, we're thinking, oh, well, they've got guests over. Of course you would sit down and listen to them. No, not in this situation. We're reading this from an American viewpoint. But in this part of the world, during that time, this is totally out of order. And Martha says, what are you doing? Now, we don't see that Martha addresses Mary. It's interesting, though, because Jesus doesn't say, hey, Mary, shouldn't you be up, like, helping your sister? Like, you're not even supposed to be in here. Jesus values women. And he shows it, especially in the book of Luke, but all through the New Testament. No other religion, no other faith in the world places the value of women higher than Christianity, and even that is probably not high enough, right? Um, many times women are sold off as the weaker sex or the lesser, and it's not the case. In fact, Jesus says, no, women are absolutely important and to be loved and honored and cherished and to be taken care of. The Bible says, men, love your wives as Christ loved the church inasmuch as he died for her. And he's showing that here. He says, no, Mary is exactly where she should be. Now, he hasn't said it yet. But also notice, point, point three, Jesus valued those who are willing to listen. Not just women, but also women. Those who have ears, let them hear. How many times do we hear that in Scripture? A sentence that is echoed time and time again those who have ears, let them hear. We are a society that is busy talking. Sometimes with our voices. More oftentimes with our fingers or our cameras or whatever other method we can find. We love TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook because we get to say whatever we want and don't have to listen to anyone else. Right? It's a one-sided conversation. And if you spend any time on Facebook, you get to see, right, if someone does respond, it blows all up. I love this little meme. It's someone sitting there eating popcorn, right? Because someone will post something, someone else will comment saying, I disagree with that, and all of a sudden, it blows up. 
Because that's the intent is I get to go on Facebook and post pictures and say anything I want and no one's allowed to say anything else. As if we've fooled ourselves into believing that the whole world agrees with me or at least that what I have to say is so important the whole world should agree with me and should listen to me. There's only been one person on the planet that what he said was so true and so accurate that the whole world should listen to it and believe it, and you're not that person, and neither am I. Right? And that was Jesus Christ. And he values those who are willing to listen. With so much that is constantly bombarding us, it's hard for us to just sit quietly and listen. We are losing the ability to have conversation. We're losing the ability to listen to what other people are saying to us. And here we find Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus in a place of dishonor totally outside of the scope of what society would say she should be doing and listening to his word. By the way, as Christians, we find ourselves in a very unpopular position, right? Society is looking at us and saying, no, 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 that's all bad. We need to be willing to sit quietly and listen to the words of our Lord and Savior especially during these trying times. Deuteronomy 8.3 and Matthew, or um, Deuteronomy 8.3 and Matthew and Luke, both of them in verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, all echo the same thing. Man does not live by bread alone, but right, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, or in Deuteronomy, the mouth, the mouth of God. Not the word of the pastor. You know what? I'm, I don't need your help. Do I, do I look like I need your help? <laughs> yes. Not the word of the pastor, or the pastor on the radio. Not the pastor on TV, the, the televangelist, not the latest book or the podcast. We live by the word of the Lord. That is the Bible, the one that you're holding in your hands, or should be, or the one that's in the pew in front of you. And it's funny how we drive miles for our favorite fast food. They rarely open the book that feeds our soul. We need to listen, and we need to listen to the word of the Lord. Romans 10.17 tells us, does anyone know it? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. We need to listen. In verse 40, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. 
I just love it when people who call Jesus Lord rebuke him. Mary is seated at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. Martha is probably putting food away. I'm sure that their dinner is ending. She's not serving. Martha's washing dishes, cleaning the house. Remember, she invited them home. She drugged this group of people into the house. Martha walks in and confronts Jesus. Lord, do you not care? Certainly, cultural norms would argue for Martha's position. Culturally, Martha is absolutely 100% right. We have seen, however, that Jesus supersedes the norms. He heals on the Sabbath. He hangs out with the sick and heals them. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the other people that are on the fringes of society, everyone on the do not hang out with list, as it were. Another thing that we see, especially in the book of Luke, is that Jesus valued and even treasured women regardless of their position or standing in society. He's like, no, like Martha, you're missing the point here. Yeah, I get it. Martha's, Martha's argument is 100% correct. It's easy because we look at this and we're like, oh yeah, well, I mean, Martha should have known better. But Martha is actually on point. She's just missing the bigger picture. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Now, this is significant, Jesus answering Martha, Martha. It only happens a few times in the Bible, like 12 times in the Bible, that a person's name is repeated twice. And it's a sign of deep affection and care. Right? Jesus used it when he talked to Moses and Absalom and Saul. There's a few times when we see it. Jesus is speaking to her and he says, Martha, Martha, I love you. Jesus loves us even when. When we are worried, when we are scared, when we fall, when we fail, when we dot, 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 whatever that blank is, Jesus loves us. Martha just came in to the creator of everything and said, Jesus, don't you even care? Because that's the right way to treat the Holy One of Israel. No, Jesus says, but Martha. Martha is doing everything. She's doing it right, and she's doing it by herself. And Jesus isn't going to condemn her for it. But he is going to lovingly correct her. Right? Many of us have probably been in a position at work where I'm like, hey, the only time things are happening around here if I'm doing it myself. I'd rather, how many of you have ever said, I'd rather do it myself 
so I know it gets done. Mm -hmm. A bunch of Marthas in this building. You are worried and bothered about so many things. And you can see, she's frazzled. She's tired. She's burned the pie. She's dropped the turkey, or at least it's on fire. The kids are fighting and screaming. The water heater is broken and the sink is clogged. Jesus is calming her down and showing her that she's lost her focus. We need to focus on the priorities. For me, I often lose sight of what they are. Sometimes it's because I'm frazzled uh, from too much to do. Sometimes it's because of my anxiety. When it kicks in, I lose focus. Sometimes it's because I allow things to crowd out the priorities. Sometimes it's because I'm a man. Regardless, Jesus calls us to keep our focus, to not lose sight of what's important. Verse 42, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away. He doesn't say, though, this is the one thing that's necessary. So when we look at the passage, he says, but only one thing is necessary. What's the one thing? He doesn't tell her, hey, by the way, there's only one thing that's necessary. So in your life groups this week, or next week when you meet, Go back to verse 42 and discuss what's the one thing. Because that's the question of the passage. And you say, well, pastor, you have to tell us. <laughs> Jesus is telling Martha, have a seat. Take a breath. Relax. And listen. Mary is making the right choice. And I'm not going to take that away from her. What you're doing isn't what's necessary. Only one thing is necessary. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. We don't usually take life slow. We like to do everything fast. We have so much to do. Life is so busy. And time is short. There's so many deadlines. I've got to be here. I've got to do that. I've got to, you know, it's, we're always rushing. And I'm the kind of person, like, I get on the freeway, I'm like, okay, I have to be somewhere at 1030. I get on the freeway, I will do everything in my power to be there at 1025, even if I've left, and now my navigator says, you're not going to make it until 1040. Oh, no, I'm going to be there at 1025. Right? Because I'm in a hurry. I've got a deadline. I've got to be there. Once I'm there, I could leave an hour early and still feel like, yeah, but i got to get there. Because the goal is to get there. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Yeah, you, you've lost your priorities. We don't take life slow. But ultimately, there are priorities that are more important than most of the things that we are doing. And we lose sight of those. Jesus is reminding Martha that he is the priority. 
In this passage, it's easy for us to identify with either or both Mary and Martha. And there is some gifting here, right? Some people are gifted at serving. They're gifted at being Martha's. And then there are people who are gifted at being Mary. The world needs everyone's gifts that God has given them or he wouldn't give everyone different gifts. It's recognizing the gifts in ourselves and recognizing the giftings in others. Today as we go through this passage, there are five primary points. So you didn't have to write super fast, but you can write them down now. Number one, Jesus values hospitality. And as we grow and grow to be more like Christ, we should also value these things. Jesus values women and their role in our society and their role in creation. And we need to love them and value them and encourage them and see their giftings as well. Jesus valued those who are willing to listen. Not listen to anything, but listen to Him. Listen to His Word. But He does value those of us who are willing to say, and by us I mean all of us, He values that we stop and listen. Have you ever had someone say something to you and you knew that what they were saying to you had nothing to do with the words that just came out of their mouth. Right? People sometimes say things, but use completely different words. But you only know that if you're listening to them. So it's funny... It used to be when my anxiety was really bad or things were not well, people would say, how are you? And instead of saying fine, because I don't want to lie, I would say they're peachy. And then someone caught me one day and said, ha ha, I got it. And they didn't just say, okay, so this will be our secret. They told other people. So then I couldn't get away by saying peachy because then they knew that peachy meant yeah, not so good. Right? So I had to quit talking to that person because they give away my seat. No, just kidding. We need to listen to what people are saying. Even when it doesn't match the words they're using. Jesus valued those who were willing to listen. Jesus loves us even when. Dot, dot, dot. By the way, when doesn't Jesus love us? It's like, okay, how do we answer this? He never doesn't love us, right? So great was His love for us that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And number five... <clears throat> We need to focus on the priorities. Sometimes the priorities 
aren't as obvious as they may seem. Now, I got to say, Martha's sitting there going, the priority is we need to feed all these people. And I got to tell you, probably a lot of the people sitting there also agreed, I'm the priority. I'm hungry. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not the priority. This is the priority. There's but one thing. Heavenly Father, Lord, we would ask that you would help us see and to know what that one thing is. Father, that we would slow down long enough to take count of what our priorities should be. Sometimes it's prayer, sometimes it's reading the Word, sometimes it's conversation, sometimes it's relaxing, sometimes whatever that priority is in that moment, Lord, we pray that you would help us know it. And Lord, when we know it, we would pray that you would help us accomplish it. Father, we thank you because through all of this, what we see is your great love and care. Yes, for Mary and Martha and everyone that was present that day, but also for us. Lord, you love us when we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be do, doing and exactly the way we're supposed to be doing it. And you love us when we're doing something else and doing it maybe exactly the way it should be done, even if it's the wrong thing to do. And still, you love us. Truly, Lord, you are an awesome and a mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning as we uh, prepare for communion, uh, yet again what we will do is uh, we have communion set up on the ends here. And as I pray for a blessing of the communion, the, the ushers will remove the lids for that. And then you can file up and get your communion and then... Uh, your communion elements and then sit back down and we will take them together heavenly father we do pray lord that you would bless this time as we take communion together lord we pray that our hearts would be silenced lord that they would be focused on you lord we pray that your spirit of peace and love would be present in each person here today Lord, let this be a refuge, a sanctuary from a world that is at war and is going crazy. Uh, Lord, we pray for the families that are grieving in, in Ukraine, but also in Sacramento, as there was a mass shooting there. Lord, in Santa Barbara, where they had mass casualties from a spring break party in Orlando, Father, just it seems our world is losing its mind. When really what they've lost is that one thing, that faith in you, that love for those things created in your image. Father, we pray that this would be a, a time of, of reflection, a time of focusing on your face, and your heart, your love for us, and your love for a world that has 
so easily and quickly thrown your you aside. 